Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by a guest speaker. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God has used it in your life. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to the book of John, the book of John. If I have someone who is looking to get saved, I refer them to the book of John. If I meet someone who just got saved, I refer them to the book of John. It is a book that is easy to understand. In fact, over 75% of the words in the book of John have only one syllable. Uh, They're not long words. It's it's, it's easy easy to understand. And tonight we're going to look at one chapter. We're going to look at chapter number 14. And I'm going to show you something that I hope will be a help to you. We live in a world today where people worry about a thousand and one things. They worry, 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 worry. And uh, by, by the way, the, the psalmist said, fret not, fret not, fret not. Three times in six verses in Psalm 37. People worry about their health. They worry about politics. They worry about their finances. They worry about the future. And it's very easy to do that. Some years ago, a man by the name of John Edmund Hagee, I, I just looked it up because I couldn't remember his name, wrote a book called How to Win Over Worry. That book sold over 500,000 copies because a lot of people worry. But I'm going to tell you tonight, we don't need to worry. And I'm going to show you from this particular chapter in John why we don't have to worry. And I want you to stand up for just a moment and stretch. You've been sitting down for a long time, and I'd like you to follow along as I read just the first three verses. Then we'll pray and you'll be seated. Let's, let's get started here. John 14, 1, Let not your heart be troubled, Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Let's pray tonight. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being here with the fountains, with other friends tonight, former students. It just a blessing to be in Moses Lake again. We certainly feel comfortable here tonight. We know you're here with us because where two or three are gathered together, you're there in the midst. We've heard good singing tonight. We've had some good fellowship already. Right now, Lord, I pray that we'll hear from you. I acknowledge publicly that in this, as in all other things, I desire your help. I pray that as we share some simple truths from this chapter, that we will make application to our lives. I pray that we will hear this, we will do these things, and you will help us not to worry. But rather, as your word says, let the peace of God reign in our heart. I pray you'll help me tonight, Lord. We know that every good and perfect gift comes from you, so we ask for your help. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The Bible has much to say about peace. The Bible says, Great peace of they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Psalm 119, verse 165. But I want to give you six things from this chapter that I believe will help you not to worry. Very simple. Number one tonight, I believe we should not worry because we know we're going to heaven. Heaven is a wonderful place. Filled with glory and grace, I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven's a wonderful place. Last summer, my dad, at the age of 91, slipped into heaven last August. 
an amazing man. Memorized over 10,000 verses of scripture. At one time, had 400 personal conferences in our church. Brother Randolph, my entire life, my dad went soloing four nights a week. He knocked doors from four to six, always home for dinner, long devotions, Spurgeon's Catechism. Then go back up and do follow-up about 7 to 8.30. Never saw him read a novel. We never had a TV at our home. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I miss my dad. My mom passed away 29 years ago, died of cancer in her 50s. I'm thankful for heaven. Thankful for heaven. My Sunday school class is those for those who are 60 and over. Four years ago, I got old enough to join my own class. It was wonderful. <laughs> but I have probably preached 50 funerals for people in my class. Two in the month of April. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. But the Bible says because of heaven that we do not sorrow as those who have no hope. Friends, if you put everything else aside, we don't need to worry because we know we're going to heaven. If you will, we know the end of the story. In the words of Curtis Hudson many years ago, we're on the winning side. <laughs> I like that. So we shouldn't worry because we know we're going to heaven. Secondly, we shouldn't worry. Look down with me, if you will, to verse number seven. Because we have a heavenly father. The Bible says in verse 7, If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. My dad was the singular greatest influence in my life. No question about it. My brother Tim, who's been a pastor now for his 25-year anniversary, is coming up in January. My dad was the greatest influence in his life. Very grateful for his influence. But he could not always be there. I had the privilege of preaching in places where I couldn't call my dad. Oh, places like Sri Lanka, maybe the Philippines, maybe Mexico City where I didn't have easy access to him. But we always have access to our Heavenly Father. His ear is never hardened that he cannot hear. He's always waiting for us to come to him. As I mentioned, I've taught the book of Genesis many, many times, and it took me probably 10 times to figure out why God created us. Two reasons. Number one, to walk with him and talk with him. Every day in the cool of the day, he'd come down and walk and talk with Adam and Eve. By the way, when we sin, we don't want to do that. When Adam and Eve sinned, they hid from God. Secondly, God created us to work for him. They were there to keep the garden. That's before there was any sin. So God wants us to walk with him and talk with him and work for him. As my dad would often say to me, how you doing with that, son? How you doing with that? I'll tell you what. When we know that our Heavenly Father is the God of the universe, the one who created the heavens and the earth in six days, I don't have time to go into some of the creation things I would talk about in the book of Genesis. But we have no idea how big the universe is. The greatest telescopes we put into space and look out to the edge of the universe, every time we build a bigger one, we see farther. We don't know how big it is. And the Bible says his hand spans the universe. He holds it all together. 
I know who my father is. I'm a pretty big guy. When I was born, I weighed 11 pounds and 6 ounces. I was 6 foot 5 in ninth grade. And I remember my kids, when they were little, say, my dad's bigger than your daddy. <laughs> Can I say this? Our Heavenly Father is bigger than everything. We don't need to worry because we know our Heavenly Father. Thirdly, tonight, you're listening well. We don't need to worry because we can pray. We can pray. Look down with me, if you will, at verses 13 and 14. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. John R. Rice wrote a great book many years ago. He came to my dad's church like 27 years in a row every April for a Sword of Lord conference. His book was called Prayer, Asking and Receiving. Asking and Receiving. If Pastor Dennis came to me and said, Doctor, I really need something right now. I really need $20. I don't have my wallet with me. My first thought would be, have you asked your dad yet? No, I would say that. I would say, you need it? Sure. I'll be glad to help you. If he asked me, I'd try to help him. His son, not so much, but I would help you, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Can I say this, guys? We have not because we ask not. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, to come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find mercy and grace to help in time of need. What a wonderful thing. I'm so glad it's not a throne of wrath. But it's a throne of grace. He says, come boldly. Come boldly. Come unto me. Ask me. He wants to help us. So we don't need to worry because we can pray. Fourthly tonight, we don't need to worry because we have the Holy Spirit. Look at verses 16 and 18. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The Holy Spirit is probably the most ignored part of the Godhead, the triune Godhead. We have God the Father. We pray to God the Father. We pray in Jesus' name. But he left the Holy Spirit to guide us. Will we seek to obey the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? Holy Spirit, can you help me today to be more like Jesus today? I'm going to teach you something really quickly here tonight. People ask the question, what would Jesus do? Here's the answer, four things. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came to give. He gave his life for answer many. He came to forgive. Father, forgive them. They know what to do. And finally, he went about doing good. He went about doing good. I try to ask the Lord to help me do good to someone every day. We've traveled in the last four weeks about 4,000 miles. Up here in the Pacific Northwest, there are a lot of homeless people. They're all asking for money in the street corner. I can promise you I won't give them money. I don't want my money being spent on alcohol, drugs, or tobacco. But we always give them something. We give them a bottle of water, a granola bar. They're too healthy for us to keep. And a gospel tract. Because Jesus said, if you give as much as a cup of cold water in my name, you've done it unto me. Say, do you think a lot of them get saved? Probably not. Some seed falls on stony ground, some on thorny ground, some on shallow ground, but some seed falls on good ground. 
I will always think about a man whose name was Bud. He was a paratrooper getting out of the military, hitchhiking his way home. He went to the gas station to use the restroom. And there in the tank of the commode, somebody had left a gospel track. Just left it there. He picked it up and took it with him. He read it again and again and again. And finally, he bowed his head and prayed to ask Jesus Christ to save him. The track was called God's Simple Plan of Salvation by Ford Porter. But it felt a stirring in his heart. He went off to a place called Bob Jones University. Became a preacher. He started a church called the Fairfax Baptist Temple that at one time, preachers, think about this, supported 521 missionaries at $100 a month apiece. Somebody left a track in the bathroom. It was in that same town of Greenville, South Carolina, the young man from Ohio who was an amazing athlete, his brother was a backup for the the decathlon of the Olympics. He was a great basketball player. He was in the Ohio State Basketball Hall of Fame. He was playing for the Citadel, where he had a full-ride scholarship, majoring in chemistry, playing basketball, played against Bill Walton, the UCLA Bruins. He's walking down a street, going to play against a Southern Baptist school called Furman in Greenville, and a preacher boy in the corner was just handing out gospel tracts. He took that track and put it in his pocket and read it, read it, read it. Later, he bowed his head and prayed and asked Jesus to save him. That man became Dr. Greg Weber, who was a principal in Hammond, head basketball coach at Crown College, was a principal at least four Christian schools because somebody gave him a gospel track. Can I ask you, friend, if you handed out any gospel tracks this week? God says, I have commanded you and ordained you that you should bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. God commands us to have fruit. So I believe we shouldn't worry because first of all, we're going to heaven. Secondly, we have a heavenly father. Third, we can pray. Fourth, we have the Holy Spirit to guide us. He'll tell you who to do good to. He'll tell you who to reach out to. When was the last time you emailed one of your missionaries and told them you were praying for him? I guess it's personal for me because all four of my grandchildren live in Thailand. And I got convicted one time when I talked to Lisa. And she said, I was going to preach in San Jose at Liberty Baptist Church. She said, tell Miss so-and-so. I said, hi. I said, who is she? She said, she's a Filipino nurse. I said, you know her? She says, no. <laughs> so why am I saying hi to her? She said, every prayer letter she emails us and says, I prayed for the request you gave. I said, how many people do that? She said, two. Mrs. Angie Zachary was the other one. Wow. That led to a change in my life. We have about 250 missionaries. I email, email each of them at least one time a year. Say, I prayed for you today. Obey the impulse of the Holy Spirit. Obey every impulse of the Holy Spirit. He might say, do something for someone. I just left a church. Brother Mike Kitty and Lacey wasn't there yesterday. I preached last night and I found out this Sunday is his 35th anniversary. God said, you got to do something for him. We went and got him an anniversary card and got him a Starbucks card and mailed it to him. It's just a matter of doing what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Obey every impulse. Two more things, we're done. Number five, 
we don't need to worry because we are loved by God. My wife is serving the nursery tonight. I love my wife. Two weeks ago, on a Wednesday, we celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. It's good to be loved by someone. But what a wonderful thing to be loved by God. Huh. Look at verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he that is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. Listen to this one statement. And I will love him. <laughs> I like that. I will love him. He promises he'll love us. We don't need to worry because God loves you. Oh, how he loves you and me. Or as the children used to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. He loves you. He loves me. What a wonderful thing to encourage ourselves with. We don't need to worry. God loves us. He loves us so much, he gave himself for us. Someone said, how much does Jesus love you? And someone said, this much. He loves us. And finally tonight, let me share one more thought for this chapter. I hope this will be a help to you. We don't have to worry because we are promised peace. The world says peace, peace, and they have no peace. But look at the verse here, verse number 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. <laughs> what a wonderful thing to know that God promises to give us peace. Tonight, can I say this? God loves you. We have a wonderful eternity assured for us if we've trusted Jesus as our Savior. Satan is a destroyer. He destroys peace. He destroys families. He destroys ministries. Can I say this? Think of this closing thought. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We're on the winning side, and we don't have to worry. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.